What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today to bring you a rest-of-season rankings update. Today, we're going to do basically the late October edition of the rest-of-season rankings. I'm going to go through position by position, break down the biggest risers, the biggest fallers, and go through tier list style and break down all my positional rankings for the rest of the season. Not going to highlight everything, but just going to go over the positional outlook as a whole, and I'll highlight some of the best buy lows within each tier, some of the biggest sell highs within each tier, who are the elite guys, who are the solid options, and also give a relative representation of which guys are in the same tier, like I said. So if you guys enjoy at any point, you know what to do. Leave a like down below. If you enjoy this video at any point, subscribe to the channel if you are new as well, and leave a comment. Who do you think is too high? Who do you think is too low? Let me know down below in the comments, but without further ado, let's get right into it. Okay, so this will be a little bit of a longer video, so make sure you guys check out the timestamps in the description if you want to just hear specifically about any one position. Uh, also, the full rankings list, the full rest of season rankings for both me and Danny will be available to our patron members. So if you want to check that out, uh, link is in the pinned comment down below, also in the description as well. Ton of other benefits over there on Patreon. So let's start off with the running back position. I started off with quarterbacks last time. I don't really know why I did that, but we're going to start off with running backs because that's the position most people care the most about. Elite RB1s is Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, and Jonathan Taylor. So for me, this is the elite tier. These are the guys that are every week RB1s, have the possibility of putting up those 30-point type of weeks that help you win. Saquon Barkley's playing like Saquon Barkley. Christian McCaffrey looks like a perfect fit in San Francisco so far. And of course, we'll know his, his workload should get a lot better as the weeks go along. Austin Eckler getting absolutely fed targets the past couple of weeks. The only one that I think you could really have an argument with in this tier is Jonathan Taylor because he was the one-on-one coming into the year. Hasn't necessarily lived up to that billing right now. It was his first week back from injury and he played a slightly depressed snap share this past week. Only 55% of the Colts snaps, but he did receive a lot of targets. I think he's going to be a great buy low yet again. And I do still hold him in this high regard of these elite running backs. So that first tier was pretty self-explanatory. Now let's get into the RB1 tier. So these are the guys that um, you know are the mid-RB1s, the back-end RB1s. There's been a lot of movement in this tier. For starters, we had Brees Hall fall out of this tier, which injuries absolutely blow. Um, but he would have been my RB6 rest of the season. He would have been just ahead of Kenneth Walker, just behind DeAndre Swift. But unfortunately, he is done for the year with an ACL tear, which is absolutely brutal loss for my home league fantasy team. Going to be tough to defend that trophy behind me without my number one running back in Brees Hall. But a lot of these guys are still in this tier. DeAndre Swift was in this tier the first time I did this. Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, and Joe Mixon. They all remain in this you know tier two running back uh, area of the mid RB1s. But we do have a couple big risers here. The first guy was Josh Jacobs, and he's been extremely efficient on the ground. He's been scoring touchdowns at a high level, and this was kind of what I alluded to coming into the year. We didn't want to get you know, Josh Jacobs too far down into the running back dead zone because he did have this in his range of outcomes. We knew he was a good running back. He had been like a back-end RB1, high-end RB2 for a couple of years, and this being the best offense that he's played in, he had this upside to have you know a high-touchdown type of outlier season. He's definitely proving that. A lot of people allowed this guy to fall to like the sixth, seventh round of their drafts. I think that was a big, big time mistake for Josh Jacobs. So he's definitely a huge riser here. Another big riser being Kenneth Walker, who just had a monster game. He was stuck behind Rashad Penny the first time I did this video. So he wasn't even really fantasy relevant at all. He is my current RB6 rest of the season. So this is a dude that is absolutely 100% an every week starter at running back. 
6.1 yards per carry, forcing missed tackles left, right, and center, using the 4-3-9 speed that he has to break away, and more third-down usage, honestly, than I uh, really even ever anticipated for Kenneth Walker. I'll admit, during the dynasty season, I was a little too low on Kenneth Walker's pass-catching ability because I didn't see it in college, but I'm pivoting early. This is a top-five dynasty running back, so top-six redraft running back rest of the season. And uh, Dwayne McFarland tweeted out his usage from this past week. He's now working more in to that pass catching role, 65% of the route participation, 100% of the two minute drill. He is a guy that actually has the ability now to earn some targets on top of the already, you know, great rushing performances that we've seen from Kenneth Walker. And of course, the Seahawks offense playing a lot better than we thought it was going to coming into the year. And another guy who joins the RB1 list. And again, I'm being very aggressive with this dude. I'm, I, I, got, I saw what I needed to see last week. Travis Etienne joins the list of RB1s. This is somebody that I believe you should send away. Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette, one of those older running backs to acquire in trades because he's a younger running back and you could probably get ETN plus for some of those guys. The process was there to do it for Brees a couple weeks ago. The process was there to do it for Kenneth Walker uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago when he first got the uh, starting role there. Now it's there for ETN, right? We saw what we needed to see. He took over the Jaguars backfield on Sunday, playing a season high of 80% of the snaps, 67% of the carries, 91% of the long down and distance snaps, 82% of the two minute drill, 57% of the short yardage snaps and all of the uh, carries in short yardage as well. He was basically in every down back. He had 19 opportunities to James Robinson's one in week seven. And I think you can maybe still get him for a slight discount as like a top 15, top 20 running back rest of the season. But I'm telling you right now, this is an RB one rest of the season. If you can still get him for less than RB one price tags, I think that is a phenomenal move to make Travis Etienne definitely joins this tier and the rest of these RB ones. Like I said, we're already kind of in this tier, the Derrick Henry's, the Deandre Swift's also Deandre Swift, still a great buy low at the moment as well. So moving on to the next tier of running backs here, we have the high end RB twos and this tier is where you're going to find a lot of those sturdy veteran options that I mentioned, right? Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones. These guys all get solid workloads, but in Cook and Fournette's case, their workload uh, and themselves are just not quite efficient enough to put them ahead of a guy like Joe Mixon, who's a very similar archetype, but plays in a better offense. And I didn't think I'd be saying that about Leonard Fournette, but the way the Buccaneers are playing right now, we definitely know that is to be the case. The, uh, the Bengals offense, we just trust them a little bit more. And then Aaron Jones, he's splitting his backfield, obviously. I think he's a sell high. He had a big week this past week. Definitely think you should be trying to transition Aaron Jones into Travis Etienne if you're able to do something like that. And then the other two guys in this tier are young guys, right? Damian Pierce and Ramondre Stevenson, very talented young running backs that we've seen so far this year, but they don't play in the greatest offenses in the world. Plus Ramondre Stevenson sees a bit of a downgrade with Damian Harris coming back this week and, and expected to be back in general. He'd be up near the, the Kenneth Walker territory if we were talking about, you know, Ramondre Stevenson being the lead back for the rest of the season for the Patriots. But with Damian Harris coming back, we know that's going to eat into his workload. He's still good, you know, mid RB2, but that is probably where he resides. In this tier, if you're looking for like buys and sells, I would sell the oldies, hold the youngins. Now we get into the mid RB2s. And this tier is really, really interesting. I would say more so than it was the first time I did this video, because there's a lot of guys in here that are elevated by the situations and the offenses that they play in, which sounds like a bad thing, you know, when it comes to like wide receivers. But for running backs, it's actually not that bad of a thing, because if we have mid RB2 uh, caliber players in this tier, but they're playing in great offenses, then they can put up low end RB1 type of production. And we're seeing that out of Raheem Mostert, out of Miles Sanders, out of Devin Singletary, and even out of Ezekiel Elliott this past week, 
hovering around the like 60 to 70% snap share and opportunity share type of workloads in respective backfields. But because they play for great offenses like the Dolphins and like the Eagles and like the Bills and like the Cowboys, which I think, uh, you know, eventually will become a great offense as the, the weeks go along. They have a great chance for touchdowns week in and week out. Raheem Mostert uh, of these options is the best, I think, because he's just the best player. Same goes for Miles Sanders. It's a pretty solid option right now. So those guys definitely on the rise big time from the last time I did this video. David Montgomery and Najee Harris within this tier, they're pretty much just workload plays. David Montgomery is just a bit better of a player than Najee, which is why I have him a little bit higher. And then we also have a new guy in this tier who was way, way down the last time I did this with Michael Carter because Michael Carter now moves into a big workload um, you know, situation with Brees Hall being out for the season. And James Conner also in this tier should settle into that like mid to low end RB2 range uh, upon his return from the hip rib injury that he's been kind of dealing with. And for the short term, Eno Benjamin would fit his way into here. But back to Michael Carter real quick. Michael Carter, we don't know necessarily if they're going to bring in another running back. There's been talks that they might be interested in a guy like Antonio Gibson or Kareem Hunt or one of these running backs that might be available. Maybe Cam Akers would make some sense as well. Um, I think there's a chance that they add one of those guys before the deadline. But for now, I think Michael Carter is probably the main back should get a decent amount of receiving work in this uh, backfield as well. So definitely a guy on the rise there. I'm not really firmly buying many of the guys that are in this territory because usually I don't like buying mid RB twos in general. I'm usually selling these guys for, you know, wide receiver twos because, you know, just to mitigate some injury risk or whatever. But the one guy that I do have some kind of interest in buying is Raheem Mostert. And this could definitely not work out in my favor because Raheem Mostert has been a guy that's been banged up throughout his entire career, but I don't mind paying up for him a little bit because I've seen what he can do. He has a lot of speed. This offense can move the ball at will, and he's got pretty much a, a workhorse type of role in this Dolphins offense. I also don't mind seeing what Devin Singletary might cost you as well because he was on bye last week. Maybe people are a little bit out of sight, out of mind. In this tier, I'd be selling Ezekiel Elliott for sure, becoming uh, or coming off of the two-touchdown game, and I'd also be shopping Michael Carter if you lucked into him being on your bench or whatever, go out and see maybe what the Brees Hall manager is desperate to give you for Michael Carter. So let's close out the running back position with the high-end RB3s. I'm just going to break down pretty much my top 30 running backs, my top like 40 or so wide receivers, top you know 15 to 20 quarterbacks, top 15 or so tight ends. But uh, the guys that are in this territory are pretty mid if they have a workload like Daryl Henderson, for example, and Brian Robinson. But the other guys that are in this tier are more so like high-value handcuff type of options like A.J. Dillon, Kareem Hunt, Rashad White types would also be right after this territory as well. And I'm probably going to talk about these guys on the trade targets video on Wednesday, because I think for those of you guys that are like seven and oh, six and one, five and two type teams, you should definitely be trying to trade away, you know, some of your wide receiver two, three, four types for AJ Dillon's and, and Kareem Hunt's and Rashad White's because those guys will help line your bench with some more upside to help you guarantee that you win your league this year rather than holding the bag on some you know wide receivers that are just having up performances. And I also have Cordero Patterson in this territory as well because whenever he comes back, which he's first eligible to come back in week nine, coming off of IR from the knee injury, um, he will really benefit from how much the Falcons are running. So I do think he's also a pretty solid option to trade for if you're really, really ahead 7-0, and 6-1. In your league right now. So uh, this is what the tier list looks like overall for the running back position. I'll try and move through the other positions a little bit faster. But again, running backs very, very important. So it definitely makes sense why I took my time over there wide receivers. Let's get into the wide receiver tier list. We have the elite wide receiver ones. I won't spend very much time on this. Last time I did this, I had Devontae Adams and Jamar Chase within this elite tier of wide receiver ones. But with what Tyreek Hill has done so far this season, I can't not put him in this tier. And his usage kind of warrants him being up here. We saw what a difference Tua Tungavailoa can make too on Sunday Night Football when he's in this offense and things are clicking. They looked like they were going to 
to absolutely boat race the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I thought they were going to actually made a bet on them doing it. But nonetheless, I think uh, Tyree Kill belongs up here. And, and we know what Diggs, we know what Cup, and we know what Jefferson represent. Put them really in any order that you want. I have them Diggs, Cup, Jefferson. But if you wanted to have them Cup, Diggs, Jefferson, or whatever order you'd want to have them in, uh, nobody's going to be cheap in this tier. If you're looking to buy low on any of these guys, they will not be cheap. So we can move quickly through to the wide receiver ones. And this tier has some usual names, right? Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, Debo Samuel, T. Higgins, and Jalen Waddle. They were all in this tier the first time I did this, or some of those guys were in the first tier, like I mentioned with Adams and Chase. But C.D. Lamb was actually at the tail end of this tier, and I moved him up quite a bit since I did this the first time because of kind of what I've been talking about the past couple of weeks with CeeDee Lamb being a great buy low. He's like leading the NFL in target share, right? Dak Prescott only threw 25 times in his debut. It was his first game back. He was shaking off some rust. I'm not really concerned for CeeDee Lamb, and I still think he's a great buy low from last week's video as well, but I do view him as a top eight wide receiver rest of season, and I don't think you'll have to pay that caliber of price tag for him. We also have DeAndre Hopkins, who is a new addition to this tier because you know he was suspended the last time I did this. Exercise, 14 targets, 10 catches, 103 yards in his first game back. That was pretty much all I needed to see out of DeAndre Hopkins. I just wanted to see him look like DeAndre Hopkins of old. Noticeable difference uh, also in how Kyler Murray played, I, I thought, on Thursday night. He didn't nearly look as lost as he has in previous weeks now that DeAndre Hopkins is back on the field, and that really improves this offense overall. So definitely a big-time rise for DeAndre Hopkins. Like I said, Amon Ross St. Brown, He's just dealing with injuries right now. He'll be just fine once he comes off the concussion. T. Higgins and Debo Samuel, also probably decent buy lows right now, especially Debo Samuel because of the Christian McCaffrey trade. I feel like people are a little bit more worried than they need to be about Debo. And uh, if you can get him for anything less than wide receiver one price tags, I think that is a great move to make. Now let's move on to the next tier, which is the high-end wide receiver twos. You guys can see Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Michael Pittman Jr., Chris Olave, Tyler Lockett, Keenan Allen, Christian Kirk, Amari Cooper in this tier. And Mike Evans was actually the biggest faller from the previous tier down to this one. He was a bad drop away from having an absolute monster game against Carolina, so I don't want to ding him too much from that. He also had 15 targets and went for nearly 100 yards, but this offense is struggling quite a bit, and I do have to downgrade Mike Evans for that reason because the draw for Mike Evans was he's the primary touchdown threat, he's the primary deep threat for what's supposed to be a great offense, but the Buccaneers aren't playing like a great offense right now, and that affects Chris Godwin as well, even though he's getting such an elite target share. I can't necessarily put Chris Godwin and Mike Evans up where they could have been if the Buccaneers were playing at a high level right now. So uh, Pittman also down from tier two to tier three, just due to the cold struggles on offense, really nothing else aside from that. Jonathan Taylor being healthy uh, should help uh, with Michael Pittman's floor because this offense should be able to score more points. Chris Olave is pretty much the biggest riser of anybody that's in this tier right now because he's been absolutely un unbelievable in his rookie season so far. He's had at least 50 yards in each of the last five games, despite leaving early against the Seahawks as well, which was really impressive to see from a rookie wide receiver. Then within this tier, we also have Tyler Lockett and Keenan Allen, who both of these guys probably expected to see a bit of a bump because DK Metcalf's expected to be out for a couple of weeks because Mike Williams looks like he suffered a high ankle sprain as well. So their running mates being sidelined probably helps their overall target share, making them mid wide receiver twos probably for the rest of the season. Amari Cooper has been a little bit hit or miss, but when he does hit, he's a double digit target guy. So I have no problem putting him in this tier as well. But we can move on to the next tier, which is what I'm basically calling like the wide receiver two, three fringe, where you got like your low end wide receiver twos, your high end wide receiver threes, and they kind of um, jam packed tier uh, together. And I just want to point out the archetype of players that I have in here, right? Because there's a couple guys in here that have like elite wide receiver one, potentially maybe at least wide receiver two target shares in less than ideal offenses. And that's kind of what's hurting them right now. Guys like Deontay Johnson fit that description. Drake London, of course, fits that description. 
and even to a lesser extent, Garrett Wilson and Terry McLaurin fit that description as well. We also have some talented wide receivers in here that are just splitting time with other talented players like Devontae Smith, for example, in Philadelphia, Gabriel Davis in Buffalo and Michael Thomas. Once he returns, this is kind of where I value him. And then DK Metcalf, who we kind of just heard will be out for a couple games dealing with uh, like a patellar kind of injury, but it's not an ACL tear. So that's definitely good news for those of you guys that have DK Metcalf that doesn't, you know, completely tank your season. Uh, and then we also have the Denver Broncos wide receivers who are getting good usage. They just, this offense is not playing good enough to make them anything more than like low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three type of options. The buys in this tier for me are Drake London because of the target share he's getting. Like I said, it's like a wide receiver one caliber target share, not a wide receiver three caliber target share, which is where he's being valued right now. Michael Thomas, once he comes back healthy, I think he'll be just fine into that wide receiver two range, just like Chris Olave. Deontay Johnson, like I said, target share out the wazoo. If this offense starts playing better after this game against Philadelphia this week, they should have some easier matchups as well, which also should uh, help aid the progress of Kenny Pickett and this offense in general. And Garrett Wilson, I mean, the Jets just aren't throwing the ball and Garrett Wilson has been talented. He's been open. They just, they need to start throwing the ball more and Zach Wilson needs to play better. So those guys also pretty uh, good buys for me. Uh, the sells from this territory would be Gabriel Davis because of the week he had before the buy or the two weeks he had before the buy Terry McLaurin. Uh, as I mentioned on the trade targets video last week, I talked about buying Terry McLaurin with the intent of selling him after this week, because I figured if he had a good week, Taylor Heineke would be the narrative, right? He's better with Taylor Heineke, and you could probably get wide receiver two value for Terry McLaurin as opposed to the wide receiver three that he probably is. So uh, definitely something that I'd be looking uh, looking into if I had Terry McLaurin on my team. Quickly, I'll roll through the wide receiver three tier, which is basically closing out my top 40 wide receivers rest of the season. These guys are mostly boomer bust options like Juju Smith-Schuster like Rashad Bateman, like Michael Gallup, like Brandon Ayuk. And then there's some guys that are good target share guys, but they're in subpar situations like DJ Moore, like Jacoby Myers, like Brandon Cooks, like Curtis Samuel, and like Alan Lazard. So Juju and Ayuk of this territory are probably the best sells, I would say, in this tier because they've had a couple good games in a row. And the best buys in this tier would be Bateman and Gallup because all those guys kind of fit into the same description, boomer bust type of dudes. Just the couple of those guys have boomed and the other couple have busted in recent weeks. So definitely um, this is what the wide receiver tier list looks like. If you want to take a good look at that, go ahead. Like I said, the whole list uh, of tier rankings will be on available on Patreon, but we can move on to the quarterback position, which um, probably shouldn't take too long because we kind of know what the landscape is. Uh, the elite quarterback ones, we have Josh Allen, we have Jalen Hurts, we have Lamar Jackson, and we have Patrick Mahomes. Now, realistically, Josh Allen could probably be in his own tier because he's averaging like 30 points per game. He has been unbelievable so far this year, but I didn't put him into his own tier because aesthetically it just would have looked ugly to have one player in his own tier at the top of the screen, but um, he definitely could be in his own tier. And Lamar Jackson within this tier of elite QB1s is definitely going to be my trade targets video because I think some of your uh, you know, Lamar Jackson managers in your league might be panicking a little bit more than they should on Lamar Jackson. And he is still absolutely an elite QB one, a guy that needs to be taken very, very seriously in fantasy leagues. Cause he's been unbelievable for the most part this year, just a couple down games here and there. Then we move on to the mid QB ones, which I think the one arguable guy in this area is Joe Burrow because of how he's played so far this season in the, in the past couple of weeks, he's also been running a little bit more as well. He might be elevating himself into that elite QB one tier at least maybe not with Josh Allen, but with the other guys right now, this tier in general feels marginally worse than I expected it to be coming into the year. I figured the mid QB ones this year would probably be on par with the mid QB ones last year. And what I mean by that is for those of you that played fantasy last year, you'll probably know what it meant 
to have these players on your team. Guys like Joe Burrow last year, Patrick Mahomes last year, Jalen Hurts last year, uh, Lamar Jackson last year. Those guys were mid QB ones and they averaged over 20 uh, points per game in fantasy versus these guys right now who are mid QB ones for me rest of season, but they're averaging like 18 fantasy points per game in fantasy outside of Joe Burrow, who's over 20. So pretty much these guys are probably a downtick from where I expected them to be, but I still have faith for them to turn things around. Like I said, Kyler played better with Hopkins on the field. Maybe that continues. Justin Herbert needs to play a little bit better, get a little bit healthier, but he just lost Mike Williams. So that probably doesn't help. Uh, Dak Prescott also getting back healthy. Also a guy that you probably think is maybe a little bit high in my rankings right now, but I think he is the best buy low of anybody in this tier, probably anybody in general at the quarterback position, because I feel like most people won't have him this high. And I do think he's a top eight quarterback rest of season. So uh, moving into the high end streamers, guys like Tua, guys like Brady, guys like Trevor Lawrence, Geno Smith, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, and Aaron Rodgers. maybe like Tua and Brady are the only guys that could elevate themselves into that mid QB one territory uh, and have a chance to rise with some nice games coming up because I still think they have talent. I still think there's a lot of talent around those guys to be able to produce, but they're not quite playing to that level right now, but there's still time for them to turn things around. And then finally we'll get into like the, you need to upgrade your quarterback position tier with guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, Matthew Stafford, Marcus Mariota, Daniel Jones, Ryan Tannehill, Justin Fields, Jared Goff, Russell Wilson, or Jameis Winston. These guys probably not good enough to be every week starters for you, but if you needed to stream them, they're probably not bad options rest of season. So this is what the quarterback tier list looks like. We can move on and quickly wrap things up with the tight end position. Elite tight ends, we know who they are. It's Travis Kelsey. It's Mark Andrews. Andrews is coming off of a, a very down game, a very uncharacteristically bad game for him. So maybe you can get a 90 to 95 cents on the dollar type of discount on Mark Andrews. But for the most part, these guys are going to cost you an arm and a leg because of the advantage that they represent at the position. The mid tight end ones, I'm kind of pissed that Kittle had a good game this past week. Awesome game, nearly 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, because I think he would have been one of the best by low tight ends in fantasy had he had a down week, because I think a lot of people would have made the connection that due to the Christian McCaffrey edition, there's too many mouths to feed in this offense, right? And that's why I think Debo and Kittle and Ayuk and all these guys in this offense are good by lows if people have that notion, because I think this offense is going to be incredible. I think schematically it presents a lot of problems for opposing defenses, and everybody's going to be more efficient as a result. Debo's going to be really efficient. Kittle's going to be really efficient. CMC's going to be really efficient. Ayuk's going to be really efficient. All that stuff being said, I think George Kittle is a guy that I might even be willing to buy high on, because I think he might be able to uh, bring himself up to that elite tier just based on efficiency. Maybe not to the level of, of volume that Andrews and Kelsey see, but due to his efficiency level, I do think Kittle could get up to that elite tier if need be. Darren Waller should be back on track in a week or two. He's just not you know, healthy right now with dealing with the hamstring injury. Dallas Goddard has been solid. I still love him to get fully back on track as well. Um, he's you know been fine this year, but I think there's still some meat left on the bone for Dallas Goddard as well. And now moving into the solid tight end tiers, which is basically like the mid tight end ones, Right now, uh, it's Taysom Hill. Uh, and he's kind of a weird cheat code in fantasy because of how he's being used. He's basically a quarterback playing tight end. So he definitely has a high ceiling on a weekly basis because if anything happens to like the starting quarterback, they might just put him in for the rest of the game. And that obviously in your tight end spot is going to equal a lot of fantasy points. So uh, this tier is pretty hit or miss in general though. Like we have hit or miss guys like, um, you know, Kyle Pitts and we have hit or miss guys like David Njoku, who's been uh, dealing with an injury 
for the next couple of weeks dealing with a high ankle sprain that he suffered on Sunday. And then we also have some steady Eddie guys like Zach Ertz and Pat Frymuth who have pretty much just been like seven to 10 target type of dudes. They're not going to wow you with, you know, athleticism or anything like that. But if they get into the end zone, they're going to be great. And, and Pat Frymuth has yet to score a touchdown this year, which is surprising considering he scored like eight his rookie season. Um, but he does have, you know, a rookie quarterback in there. They've played some tough matchups, but he's been getting the volume. And I think he's also a great guy to buy low on if your tight end position is in flux right now and you wanted to down tier or something like that and up tier at a different position. He makes a ton of sense. Uh, the back end tight end ones, Hawkinson, Higby, Dalton Schultz, Hunter Henry, Gerald Everett, these type of dudes, they're fine. Rotate them in, stream them, whatever the case is. Uh, Hunter Henry, you might think this is a little high for him, but he's been really on the rise for me the past couple of weeks because of the snap share that he's been playing. And we'll see what happens tonight on Monday Night Football with the Patriots game. But uh, these are kind of like the back-end tight end ones. Dalton Schultz is really the only guy that I think has upside out of this tier. I know TJ Hawkinson had the monster game against the Lions or against the Seahawks, but I don't expect too much of those games to keep coming. But once Amon Ra and Swift are back on the field, his efficiency should improve. So uh, this is what the tight end tier list looks like. Again, let me know down below in the comment section what you thought of this tier list. What was too high? What was too low? What am I crazy about? Why don't I know what I'm talking about? If you guys are interested in getting the full rest of season rankings, like I said, patreon.com forward slash fantasy stock exchange. You'll get our rest of season rankings. Dynasty rankings manifesto is going to have a big November update coming soon with all the you know recent reaction to some of the, the trades and the performances that we've seen recently. Also, um, a couple other things too. Uh, we have merch available. I never plug it, but if you guys want some merch, these sweaters are really high quality. We have t-shirts. We have a bunch of different designs. It's available. If you look in our, our YouTube page, you can see a view store thing. You can go right to the website and purchase some stuff there. I paid for all the high quality t-shirts, high quality uh, long sleeves and crew necks and hoodies. They're really, really great. They're really sharp looking. And I, I think they're really, really comfortable too, which is the most important thing. So I thought I'd plug that because I never do. If that interests you, go check it out. A lot of cool colors available as well. But with that being said, peace out. We'll talk to you soon. Why, why you need the money?